to bring some verses to this to help it uh, come together, you know, so you can really understand and have some clear takeaways. Uh, but I want to unpack it first. And I, I, I thought a really good verse to kind of just kick off uh, this topic with us uh, is Proverbs 12, 25. Proverbs 12, 25, it says this, anxiety in a man or woman's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Anxiety in our heart weighs us down, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It just feels heavy. It's, it's just weight. Um, and, and everywhere you go, it's, it, it seems to be there, especially when you're really battling uh, it. And uh, Jazz, do you have that paper or did you give it to me? Did you give it to me? I might have grabbed it. Hold on, you guys. Hold on. Hold on. I have it. Um, so it's, it's impacting, when we think of anxiety, it's impacting our whole world. It's impacting uh, our community. I mean, you guys, this was the student paper. We were on campus today. And, and literally, like that was, UO faculty and students, mental health struggles have been exasperated over the course of the pandemic. And many say individual mental health care isn't enough. Uh, and it literally went into the statistics uh, of students. Uh, and, uh, and I believe, I haven't read the article Jazz did. And uh, I believe 47% said they're battling depression, 41% anxiety, uh, which is just, that's crazy. Like that's crazy. That's almost half. What? At this school. Uh, but when you but when you start to study, you guys, there's over 40 million adults uh, in the U.S. that are struggling with anxiety, dealing with it. Uh, and that's always an underreported number. Um, and, and so when we talk about anxiety, uh, what is anxiety? What like how do they define what that is? Um, I have the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Okay, just hang with me, guys. All right, and I'm going to just read the definition. Uh, excessive anxiety and worry or apprehensive expectation occurring more days than not for at least six months about a number of events or activities such as work or school performance. Uh, additionally, the anxiety and worry are associated with three or more of the following six symptoms with at least some symptoms present for more days than not for the past six months. So this is how they would diagnose you. Uh, restlessness, Ooh. feeling keyed up or on edge, being easily fatigued, difficulty concentrating or mind going blank, irritability, muscle tension, sleep disturbance, difficulty falling or staying asleep or restless, unsatisfying sleep, uh, and intrusive, unwelcome and disturbing uh, thoughts. So uh, that's how they would uh, literally, like that's the definition that they would go off of in diagnosing you with um, anxiety. So the first thing I want to start off with is this. Guys, anxiety isn't the problem, okay? They know it is. Anxiety isn't the problem. Guys, anxiety is a symptom. Anxiety is an alarm system, okay? It's our body's internal notification that our brain is detecting danger, 
Okay, so it's an alarm. Our, our anxiety alarms uh, that go off, they cause restlessness, they cause uh, racing hearts, panic attacks, a stomach drop, hypervigilance, uh, and where you're literally like who and, and what, and everything's kind of against you. You're feeling that it's looping intrusive uh, thoughts, and it's literally our body's way of, of, of screaming out to us, danger, not safe, run. That's what your body is telling you. But here's what's uh, really, really encouraging. You guys, anxiety isn't a permanent uh, medical condition. It's not an identity. It's just an alarm. And uh, what we need to be uh, aware of is, is that in our, man, we are always on this like quest uh, to avoid any kind of pain, any kind of negative consequences, uh, uncomfortable feelings. We don't want those. And so we put all our energy into trying to do what? To fix or disable this alarm that's going off, this anxiety uh, that's going off. And, and we're trying to disable or fix it um, instead of what? Instead of actually putting out the fires. Okay, so... Um, I don't know if you've ever like been trying to sleep and all of a sudden your smoke alarm is like warning you that the battery's out or something. Is that not the worst thing ever? Because it just like, it goes really slow, right? It's like one and then all of a sudden two. And you're like, what is that? And then you like start to wake up and then again. And I know in our house, it's like, which one is it? And I'm mad, I'm angry. And it's like, whatever I have to do to turn it off. Right. So, uh, you know, eventually I, I just take the battery out and then later I'll fix it. Um, it's funny, too. About two and a half years ago, I was preaching at, at Cal Young Middle School, where our church used to meet at at our large gathering. And all of a sudden the fire alarm goes off um, and, and it's like going crazy. Um, actually, it wasn't the fire alarm. It was the security alarm. OK, uh, which is that's important, right? We'd all agree that's important. Well, it, it, there wasn't an issue, but it kept going and they couldn't get it to turn off. And it's loud. So I just kept preaching. And, and as I'm preaching, all of a sudden I notice our production guy is in the back of the room and, and he's literally tossing his jacket to try and catch it on the part that's making the noise to try and stop the noise, to do whatever it could take to turn it off. So, and, and every once in a while his jacket would catch and the noise would go down a little bit and then the jacket would fall and then, you know, and be back. And, and it was just like, I, I had that image when we talk about this alarm system that's going off and we're like, how do we just turn this thing off, right? This anxiety, how do we just deal with it and get it to where I don't feel like this? And so, but, but what our body's actually telling us is there's a fire. You're, you're, you're at risk. There's something wrong going on with you and you need to deal with it. And, and what you're trying to do is just, I need to turn you off. And so uh, we find ourselves um, addressing the, long, the, the wrong things. Okay. And, and, and so when we think about trying to turn off this alarm, this alarm that's actually trying to save our lives, uh, the, the, the problem that we deal with you guys is uh, we live in this destructive uh, thing called life, don't we? Like normal life is so difficult. It's filled with busyness, um, 
disconnection. Uh, you've got all these influencers trying to influence you and there's more and more of everything all of the time pumped into your face and reminding you of what you should have that you don't have, uh, the life, the knowledge, uh, the, the path, whatever it may be. And so that's continually being pumped at us and, and more and more it's just feeding uh, this anxiety. And so what do we do? Right? What do we do? What do we do uh, when we find ourselves uh, in this place where our body is communicating to us something's wrong uh, and our body is maybe scaring us? You know, for a lot of you uh, that have never had any issues uh, with mental health or, or anxiety and all of a sudden it hit and you, and you were you were literally scared. You're like, am I, am I having a heart attack? What's going on? Uh, why has this sudden fear? Why is this paralyzing me? Why can't I move? Uh, all of these things just, just hit you and, and, and it put thoughts in your mind that scared you, thoughts you've never had before. And, and you would always say, I'm a healthy person. I'm healthy physically, all of these things. But all of a sudden it just hits you. And so um, what do we do when that's happening? Uh, what do we do when, and how do we address when our lives all of a sudden um, are all about avoidance now, are all about just solitude, escaping, uh, anybody that may trigger that, uh, all of a sudden maybe we find ourselves in an addiction of some kind, or maybe it's just drawn us to not even live in reality. We now live in this fantasy world. Like, like we, we, and I know so many people that live in that world because they will do anything to live in a space that doesn't mean they have to deal with reality because for them, reality means I'm bearing this mental weight that I can't deal with, I don't wanna deal with. So what do we do? And then when you think of right now, what we're going through, even more so, what do you do when that anxiety is just, is crying out and, and we're in the middle of this seemingly endless pandemic? where there's job loss happening or there's just fear and uncertainty about the future like no other time that I can remember. And so how do you work uh, through uh, this? Well, let me first bring some clarity to some of the questions, okay, that, that we typically have or assumptions we make. Um, here's one of the questions. Uh, if you have certain genes, are you predestined to suffer from anxiety and there's nothing you can do about it? Is that, is that a thing to where this is a gene that was passed on, uh, my parents struggled with this, so I'm gonna struggle with it. It's part of my identity, it's part of who I am. Is that true? Well, you do uh, inherit traits uh, from your parents, whether you like it or not, okay? Uh, you inherit uh, things like your hair color, uh, your eye color, your, your height, uh, your, your bone structure. Um, you also inherit all sorts of personality from your parents. Once again, whether you love it or you don't. Uh, physical things, uh, you know, whether you like it or you don't. Uh, and then there's environmental tendencies that you have that were passed down uh, from your parents. And uh, and and so and, and and listen, as I'm saying these things, I'm literally picturing uh, my three boys because I see it in them and I go, oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You don't get to pick your parents, God did. So you're stuck. Um, 
And, 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 but I see this and you guys see this, you, you felt some of these things, you, you've already, you're at an age where you're already starting to see it uh, and identify some of those tendencies. Uh, you will later on, trust me, uh, as you get older, see even more and you'll start to find compassion for your parents uh, that you didn't know was there. Um, but is a person, you know, with certain uh, genetic tendency toward anxiety destined to live a life of anxiety? Here's the answer, guys. Absolutely not. Okay? Uh, in fact, um, and she's not like this biblical scholar, but uh, she addresses this in one of the mental health books uh, that I was reading. They, they quote Brene Brown, and she, she clarifies this. She says, and I love how she put it. She put, genetics loads the gun, and the environment pulls the trigger when it comes to anxiety, which is a really interesting thought. Um. You guys, this means, uh, and one writer uh, put, this means that genetics is only a role player, not a main actor in the story of our lives, which is good news. Our experiences and our environment are the stars of the show, he says. Genetics can make you more inclined toward anxiety, but it does not have the final say. You have a choice. Okay, so, so, so what's so great about that is this, you don't have to let surviving uh, an abusive childhood, and some of you have had to survive that, you don't, uh, you don't have to let a, a traumatic event in your life, some of you have dealt with crazy traumatic events, uh, you don't have to let this, this certain teacher who has scarred and wounded you, this coach, uh, or maybe a boss, uh, you don't have to allow that or them to sentence you to a lifetime of anxiety. That's the encouragement there, okay? There can be healing, but you also have to understand because we want to simplify, don't we? We want to simplify the healing. We want to simplify everything. We want to pray this prayer and just have it go away uh, and, 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 and all of these things. That's what we want. That's what we desire. But you guys, we have to realize and understand that we are so complex. I mean, that's one of the things when you start studying the body, the mind, uh, the brain, all of these things, you guys, we are so uh, complex and it's absolutely crazy the connection between like your mind, your body, your spirit, how all of these things play off of each other. Uh, like, like how one thing has this domino effect into every other area of your life, uh, right? Like, I mean, if you have a poor diet, it's affecting your sleep, which is affecting your mental state, which is also affecting your view of yourself, which is affecting your motivation, uh, which ultimately leads to anxiety and depression. All because of that bag of Doritos. Like, it's just crazy how these things connect, huh? How when one area is off, it goes into the others. And so we have to know that, that it's complex. It's not just this one size uh, fits all thing. And I hope I communicated that uh, last week. But when we think about who you are, what makes up who you are, uh, they're, they're your relationships, relationships, your, your work, your, your thoughts, uh, the environment you're in, your genetics and, and, and the actions that you take, what you believe, what you think, they all add up to who you are and they have a huge impact on your uh, anxiety. And, and guys, Medication can't just fix you either. Okay, I want to be really clear on uh, that. That would be great, 
it would be great if there was just this this pill and we took it and then and then it was just done and 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 you're great because that would mean what you don't have to go through uh, all the hard work and identifying things and 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 and, and walking through some difficult memories and things like that uh, making changes to your life uh, all of those things it would be great if if you could just skip all of that take this pill and you'd be like just happy but that's not working. In fact, we're pumping out more medication uh, than we ever have before, and we're seeing cases just go through the roof. It's just growing around the world. So that's not essentially solving it. You guys, when we reduce anxiety to just a condition that can only be solved with medication, what we're doing is uh, we're surrendering the responsibility of it over to a medication or even a doctor. And we're essentially saying that's on you. And so we're giving them that problem, aren't we? We're saying now that's that's your problem to solve. And and and, and guys, I don't I don't want you to like to hear this message of oh, I still use anti like you know medicine and all that. No, you guys, medication can be a wonderful way to tone down the uh, the alarms that are going off, that are constantly ringing, that you're dealing with, which actually gives you a chance to maybe just catch your breath and then do some deeper work in your life that leads to lasting change. So, so don't hear that in this uh, teaching, but we have to, what, what this kind of comes back to is guarding against making anxiety or a diagnosis of anxiety, making that our identity. And I think that's the struggle that we have to fight against. Because if you, if you believe that anxiety is your identity, you'll start believing that it's your destiny. If I believe it's my identity, then it's what it's going to go with me into whatever I'm moving into, right? It, it, it has to. It's part of who I am. And so ultimately, when I look at goals, my anxiety is attached with those goals. And, 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 and what ultimately happens uh, as well uh, with this is um, you, you start to uh, just give up on certain things, give up looking for certain uh, experiences in life because you say, no, I have this, this is me, so I'll never be able to experience that. And you just write it off. And, and, and that, that's, that's not true. You guys, anxiety most often comes and goes in seasons and it doesn't have to be uh, forever. Anxiety isn't something you are. It's something you go through and experience. You are so much more than your past trauma. You're so much more than your deepest hurt. You are so much more than maybe a mistake in your past that continues to, to, to cause anxiety for you. You're so much more than that or whatever failure. Your identity does not rest in the worst thing that has ever happened uh, to you. Um, and, and so you need to know that. That doesn't define who you are. And, and, and so um, I think for, for a lot of us, uh, you know, it, it, it's not pretending it's, it's not there. It's not allowing it uh, to overtake uh, us because ultimately we get to decide what we want to move through, how we want to uh, heal. And we, we have the opportunity to work, uh, to create joy, uh, relationships, and, and, and to honestly have an amazing life. You can, you can have that. Um, so when we talk about, though, I want to unpack this a little more. When we talk about what makes up uh, who you are. So what makes up who you are, you guys, uh, when we think about it? Now, there's who God says you are, which I'm going to talk about later. But when we think about 
uh, what kind of makes up who we are. Now, when I say who you are, what makes up your responses, uh, your views, the things that weigh you down, uh, those are the things um, that, that really bleed into this anxiety. And it includes your family, your family history. Your family history uh, is something that impacts you. Uh, where and how you grew up, that plays into this. The way you interact with your family plays into this. The way you interact in your community and with the people in your community, uh, the, the, the rules and the expectations of uh, your culture, um, your past traumas, the things that caused you trauma in the past, uh, the joys that you had uh, in life, your, your physical health makes up a, a ton of this. Your thoughts are huge. Uh, your hopes, what are your hopes? Um, what are the things you're actually doing? And then, like I said before, even your uh, genetics plays a part in this. But every part of your life, you guys, from the past to where you're at now, it makes up who you are. Now, what's so difficult about this, once again, is these environments that we're in, that we're thrust into, they're changing faster than we can uh, keep up. In fact, one psychologist uh, said this, one of the reasons why depression and anxiety are on the rise throughout the world stems from the fast rate of change. Markets change daily, technology advances by the nanosecond, and a new way of doing and being are constantly being advertised and promised. So the speed of change in our culture, the updates, the notifications, the trends, the new releases, the cancellations, uh, all of these things that overstimulate us and they ultimately, what? They stress us out. We're stressed. Just trying to keep up. Guys, we weren't built for that. We weren't built to keep up. We weren't built to deal with this endless stream, this endless information, this endless, um, uh, the endless expectations, the demands, uh, the judgment uh, that you're getting. It is overwhelming. And, and, and listen, you may do better than others trying to keep up, but ultimately what happens is you're going to run out of gas and you're going to shut down. You just will. So what do we do? How do we get out of this? Well, first is this. We have to slow down and actually listen to the alarms, okay? We have to slow down and actually listen to the thing that we've been trying to turn off, okay? Because it's trying to get your attention. It's trying to get your attention. So what, what are some steps with this? Well, uh, as we think about what it is, we have to learn to control our thoughts uh, and our actions. We've got to learn that. Uh, in, in fact, in 2 Corinthians 10, uh, 5, Paul says, take every thought captive. Okay? Uh, thoughts are going to do one of two things. Thoughts will either take you captive uh, or you will take it captive. And he says, you need to take it captive because uh, have you ever had a thought and it was just this little thought and all of a sudden it, it took control of your day and, and took control of your week? That is the thought taking you captive. Uh, it's saying take every thought uh, captive. And here's the thing, you guys, you can't stop some of these thoughts from popping up in your mind, can you? You can't stop it. But you have a choice as to are you going to give that thought an audience? Are you going to really listen to it? 
Are you going to play it over and over uh, again uh, in your mind? And, and, and part of this is you have to identify what thoughts are even true and what thoughts aren't. Because you guys, when you're uh, uh, starting to battle and the alarms are starting to go off, uh, one, of the, one of the things that I see is there's untruthful thoughts that, that are, are really screaming at you. And so you have to identify what's true and what's uh, not true when it comes to those things being bombarded at you. In fact, Philippians 4.9, it talks about um, how you should ask, is it true? Is it true? If it's not true, you have no business uh, allowing it to overtake uh, your mind. And here is the, the beauty. In Romans 12.2, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So don't be uh, conformed, but be transformed in your mind. Your mind is going to be huge uh, and, and, and in, this, in this process. Another huge part of this is gonna be prayer. You guys, uh, prayer is so important. Where do you take that to, right? right where, where does it go? It's, 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 it's literally, it's, it's holding you down. It's bearing in. Well, well, Philippians chapter four, six and seven, it says, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but it says in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this is a huge part. This is part of the process. Where do you go when this is overtaking you? You need to find someone. Guys, you need to have somebody, um, and I wouldn't say a large group, but you need to have somebody that you're able to be vulnerable with. Uh, we, we all need deep connection. And I'm gonna talk about that a little more in a minute, but we all need that, especially when we're going through uh, something. You have to be able to process with somebody, whether it's a counselor, whether it's a pastor or somebody that you really respect, that loves you, they have knowledge, uh, but, but you have to be able to process your past hurts, uh, the trauma that you've been through. Uh, you've got to get to the point where you can acknowledge it and what it's done and, and so that you can decide that you're not going to allow that to become a part of your identity. Okay, you just can't. Romans 8, uh, 28, it says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. One of the things that I love that the Bible teaches us is that God can take absolutely anything and use it for good. Absolutely anything. You know he can't. Well, the darkest day in human history was Jesus on the cross. What happened after that? He took that very thing, and we're gonna sing in a little bit here out of praise, thanking him for saving us because of what he did after that. He rose from the dead. So you guys, ultimately, the Bible is like, honestly, a lot of it is God just showing how he can take the worst of the worst and actually use that, even people, and turn it and use it for good. And so that's something that, that I want to encourage you with, because I think uh, a lot of times uh, there's shame with this. There's, I want to hide this. I don't want people to know that, that this is happening and that. And, and, and ultimately, as you do work and, and working through uh, this and walking down that difficult journey, God can actually take and use what you've experienced, what you've gone through. Maybe it's dark and, and, and it's trauma uh, or, or it's a relationship that was just 
awful, you were used, you were abused, all these things. It could be so many things, you guys, but you, like, what we know is that God can take the worst of circumstances and he can use them for good. He really can. And I know for me, that helps. That really does. It helps my mental state. Uh, The other thing is, you guys, you've got to be careful because oftentimes we'll give our emotions the steering wheel. Our emotions are out of control and we'll say, you drive. That is not the time to hand the keys over to your emotions. When anxiety is flaring, when the alarms are going off, that's not going to cause the alarms to go away. Guess what's going to happen if you give the keys to your emotions? There's going to be more alarms. Your body's going to tell you all kinds of other things (laughs) because that's going to take you into an even deeper and darker place. Okay? Because your emotions, what they're going to say is fix it now. Fix it now. Turn off the alarm. This is how you feel. Okay, Uh, so we have to be very uh, careful with that. Uh, Here's some other things. Breathe. You're like, what? Breathe. Uh, Eat nutritious food. Some of you are like, I'm telling you, you guys, it literally, scientifically speaking, that impacts you. Um, It impacts your brain. Uh, It's crazy. Um, We need to do that. Um, You need exercise. You need to exercise. Exercise does so much for you and your mental health. Uh, Sleep. There are so many sleep studies now that are coming out. Sleep studies are off the charts right now at what they're seeing sleep does and what happens in your brain and your mind through sleep. You need to make sleep a priority. I know I'm speaking to college students, so whatever. Um, But you have to take care of yourself. You guys, you got to take care of yourself. Like I said, a lot of things physically You'll say that's just a physical thing, but it's going to carry into what goes on here. And it's going to carry on and carry into some of these other things happening. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, but that is a very real, uh, that's a very real uh, thing. And I mean, you sleep deprived your brain, your brain will be anxious. It will respond in that way. So we need to examine uh, our lives. That's a huge part of this is examining our lives. Um, we need to examine uh, ourselves physically, uh, spiritually, uh, where are we at there? Mentally, where are we at? We need to uh, examine our relationships. Your relationships are going to be a huge piece to either bringing you out of this or inducing you into it. Okay, your relationships are going to be huge. Uh, you know, for some of you, it may be uh, finances, fi- it may be some financial security, financial anxiety, uh, evaluating those things. You guys are getting close or some of you are there where you're starting to actually go, oh, there's consequences to these numbers. Um, maybe it's family expectations. Maybe it's identifying that there's family expectations that I've been carrying, that have been weighing on me and, and they flare up. And I haven't known where this has come from, but now I'm starting to see it's, it's this weight that's, that's come at me from uh, my family, from my upbringing. Uh, maybe it is that current or past trauma. Maybe it's your current living situation. It's unhealthy. Maybe it's your work situation. Maybe uh, Maybe it's just right now feeling valued or feeling loved or your boundaries are just out of control. And you just go. Here's the other thing that that I find that we don't do enough. Guys, and this is going to sound weird. We have to grieve more. I know that's weird. But one of the things that we don't do is we don't pause and reflect 
and grieve over some of these things that are devastating, they're sad, they're awful. And we've just tried to pick ourselves up and keep going and, and be strong. And, and we just have to, guys, you gotta take a second because if you don't ever just grieve over that loss, grieve over that situation, guys, it doesn't just go away. It doesn't. It carries. And, and, and you may be really good at like really parking it way back in your life or in this small space in your heart, but you need to take some time and just grieve maybe over something that just rocked you and just allow yourself to do that. That will help you. It will help release. It will, it will help take some of this pressure, this tension, and then honestly, some of the anxiety that you're feeling. Maybe you were wounded by somebody, uh, an event, maybe one of your parents, and it's deeply scarred you. You just moved on. You go, yeah, my child was just tough. And that, but you've never just grieved over it. You feel robbed. You feel like, like betrayed maybe. And just grieving. Because you guys, so many of the things that right now are hitting ahead, that are causing anxiety, are things that have just... They've slowly carried, they've slowly, um, you know, um, been in that backpack that you've been carrying throughout your life. And they didn't go away. And then they manifested themselves. So we have to grieve. Uh, you guys, and, and I would say this, like seeing a specialist or, or getting counseling, that can help you uh, so, uh, that can help you so much because a good counselor, they can help you become more self-aware. Uh, they can help you see uh, or, or help you see how you're seeing yourself. Um, they can help you process trauma and learn new ways of, of, of responding uh, to that. But you guys, when we talk about like therapy or counseling, therapy isn't about getting rid of all your problems. It's about learning that you can actually face those problems and grow through them. Okay, it's not all just solving it. And, and here's the thing that, that I would say uh, is going to make the biggest difference here is investing in new or existing relationships. Ultimately, the number one relationship is a relationship with God. If that's not healthy uh, or, or where ultimately you, you know maybe it needs to be, um, you guys, that's going to weigh on you. If you say you're a Jesus follower, if it's not right, guys, I know it weighs on you, doesn't it? Doesn't it weighs on you if things aren't right. So you gotta, you gotta if you're a Jesus follower, you gotta make that relationship, you gotta get that right. But you've gotta make a decision to invest uh, in new relationships or existing relationships because uh, they may be the most important uh, thing in this. You, you need other people. Connection uh, plays a huge part in healing anxiety. The statistics are overwhelming. Investing in deep relationships will help uh, you. Your, your life will improve uh, as your relationships do. I, I shared that stat last week, how they've literally now seen that those that are more consistent on a weekly basis attending a religious gathering, it, it helps. That it, they're, they're mentally healthier. Like it plays into their mental health. And I want to just like go back to, once again, what God's word also says with this, what he, what he asks us to do. And in Matthew 6, 34, he says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So when you just want to get caught up in what's coming, what's coming, and it's weighing on you, guard your heart against that. That's that thought that creeps in that you go, how do I got to take that thought captive? That's not a healthy and productive thought. 
That's a paralyzing thought. I can't do anything about that right now. Okay, Second uh, Timothy uh, 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Okay, so, so he hasn't uh, given us the spirit of fear. He hasn't given us the spirit of anxiety. He's, he is, has put within us uh, a, a spirit of, of power that's his kind of power, of love, his kind of love, and a self-control that's his kind of self-control. Uh, but, but, you know, like I said, a lot of times we're like, I just want it to happen. And you guys, it takes time. It's a process uh, to uh, working through it. But he lastly invites us to bring it to him. Take it to him. First Peter 5, 6, and 7, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. He invites you to cast that on him. Do you guys hear me on that? He's not saying, hide from me with this. He's not saying, pretend you don't have this issue. He says, dump this issue on me. Take it and dump it on me. Bring it to me. You don't have to pretend. And then in 2 Corinthians uh, 2.16 says, For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we, it says, have the mind of Christ. So he invites you to bring it to him. And he says, I've given you my mind to help you work through, to help you uh, process this. You guys, you're not beyond repair. You're not beyond repair. This season doesn't define you. Okay, what happened to you doesn't define you. Your fears don't define you. Your worries don't define you. God says, I define you. You are a chosen child of mine. I've adopted you. I, I, I love you. He gets to define you, okay? And so a lot of it is asking who's gonna define you. And so maybe tonight it's about having just, honestly, it's about having belief again. Belief that this isn't my identity. Belief that I can move forward belief that I can have these experiences. Maybe tonight's about making a decision to actually uh, pause and reflect and look at some of these alarms that are going off and going, why are they going off? And maybe it's an opportunity to actually uh, go, man, I need, to, I need to do some work in this area and, 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 and I need to, to get some help to walk through that because I'm starting to see something here. I'm starting to identify this issue. Maybe tonight's uh, about that decision, about, about doing that work to, to, to bring you out of that place. Uh, maybe tonight's about just grieving. Maybe it's just time to just grieve. And lastly, maybe tonight's just about giving God something. You've just been wearing it, shouldering it, and it just keeps overwhelming you. Maybe it's something that, uh, maybe it's something you did. And, or, or maybe it's something you uh, are literally telling yourself you did. Maybe it's not even true. And you just keep wearing it. And you keep throwing stuff in that pack, you guys. And at some point, you're going to break. Your body is literally saying, stop. God has designed incredible bodies to tell us to stop. But will we listen? Will we respond? And if he invites you to give it to him, why would you say, no, this is mine. It's, it's taken me under, I'm depressed, I'm, life is awful, but I'm gonna keep this. Thanks, but no thanks. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? He invites you into that, you guys. 
And you can do all of that knowing what he promises, right? That he can turn anything and use it for the good. That's Romans 8, 28. And cause all things to work for good. You guys believe that? I know. This is a different kind of teaching. But guys, this is, this is a huge topic that's wearing you down. You're dealing with it. Your friends are dealing with it. And how are you going to respond? And I'll tell you this. If you're not dealing with it, be the friend that helps another friend. Be the one to check in on them. Be the one to love them. Be the one to listen. Be the one to allow them to grieve if they need to grieve. Do whatever it takes to help them meet them in that moment. Like I said, connection is going to be, is going to play such a huge role in this. Be gracious with people. Don't label what you don't understand. Don't just say, let me pray for you. Good luck. Okay? Walk with them through it. That prayer is the beginning of their journey. Okay? And so let's, Go to the next level with people in our relationships and our care for them, okay? Let me pray for us.